is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Adam's out. I'm in. Tim Benz with you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading in the trib. Guess I made a lot of people mad with my column that I did about politics and sports and Fox News. We talked about that at great length yesterday. Um, and I got some feathers ruffled. Tom, we ruffled some feathers with that, didn't we, yesterday? Is there only two callers of the day? Three callers of the day. Thank you very much. Oh, Laura Ingram. Yes. Is that the norm around here, by the way? Has Adam chased away all the callers? Especially, yeah, yeah. especially the conservatives that I was trying. If he didn't, I did yesterday. I was trying to pander to them with our fake news segment to open things up. I thought that was right down their alley. I'm shocked we don't have any callers. I thought they would have been right on board. They know fake news when they see it. All right, so is it real news, this story that uh, came out yesterday about the DirecTV thing? I mean, it's real. We know it's real. But Brian's in studio, too. I want to do a little straw poll here. Is the NFL package, is the NFL worth $400 a year anymore? I don't think so. Used to be maybe when I was a little younger, but it's getting to the point where that's just too much money to spend for. It. And when I say $400, it's like 395 and that's with the red zone. Like I'm not a red zone guy. I've never been a red. I, I, people are fascinated by it, but I'm just not that much of a fantasy sports player. If you're a fantasy sports player, like a big fantasy sports player, then yeah. Or if you're a big-time gambler and you're seeing point spreads go up and down and up, you know, you're losing money, it's going up in smoke because someone just scored a meaningless touchdown, then yes, I see the reason for it, but I don't want to gamble all that much more if I'm paying $400 for the freaking DirecTV package. You know, in the time that we're in right now, with the internet the way it is, look, I don't want to admit to any crimes or anything, but if I really, really want to see games, I can find them online. You can steal them? Uh, yeah, pay, well, I can borrow them, Tim. I won't actually take no, them. No, that would be stealing. That would be stealing. I'll give them back. I'll give them back. But the thing is, it's like if there's a will, there's a way. And and spending four hundred dollars at this point in time is for a product that is is kind of it's on the decline in my mind. I I just don't think it's worth it at this point. I mean, when you you're just buying the package, then right? Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Like if you have Direct TV, you've got to buy the NFL package right. on top of it. Mm-hmm. So it's whatever you're paying for satellite, and then the NFL package. Yeah. Is that how is that how it works, Tom? Yes. All right, yeah, that's how it works. Right, and actually, I want to op- I want to open this up to callers too. I want to open up the phone lines. It's just I I want some answers to this. I want to see where people sit because it's sort of a good litmus test as to where people are with the NFL coming off a year where all we heard about was how it was on the decline, popularity was lagging. So, is the NFL worth that much to you? 412 Four hundred bucks a year on Directv for the full package. I guess it's two ninety three for without Red Zone. Right, right. So they're saying that for what they offer up, the Red Zone can be basically a, a quarter of that. If we're nearing four hundred bucks, yeah. Is it that? How, do you have you ever had the Red Zone? Yes, I, mean, I have. Yeah, I haven't had it for about. Are you, are you just like? Is it majesty to you? Is it no. majestic the way tell people make truth, it up to be? Tell you the truth, it was wasted money, kind of, because I didn't watch everything that was available. There's a lot going on, but it. I'm always out of market, so watching home teams is a hard time. So I like I used to like getting the packages a lot. And I go back well, to Who the, was your home team before you came here? Before I came here? Well yes. it's always been the Baltimore Colts. 
Ah, uh, good, little, good politically correct answer. Can't get mad at the Baltimore Colts. Well, say, I wasn't there when the Ravens came, and they've always. I was a little kid crying when they rolled out in Mayflower Vans, you know. So that's always been my team, and it's hard to been, you know, really get wrapped around another home team. I wasn't in Baltimore when the Ravens came there, so I got it for my family and everything. They all decked out in purple every Friday. It's a whole thing with them. I just could never really super buy into the whole thing. I, I guess I would do it, but you know, if you're going. Package by package for like, what's the point of satellite TV then? Is the greater issue about satellite TV and not so much the NFL? Uh, what you're paying for? Yeah, I like think, I feel like I'm paying through the nose for cable right now. I know I'm paying through the nose for cable, but I'm getting everything there. Yeah, you know, and I'm getting the overall. Like, I don't want for much. There's the occasional ACC game that I can't see. Like, there's the occasional Syracuse game that I can't see. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I don't feel like I need any more. Like, uh, I'm so engrossed in it, though. Like, it's so much my job that I kind of want to get away from it sometimes. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't want to see Stars Ducks, so I don't need the NHL package. Unless I, the only time I want to do that is the playoffs. The only time I want to see every single college basketball game is the NCAA tournament. And for me... I don't know how I would be as just a fan. Like, if I went into business or finance, well, I would have been in jail because I would have cut corners and I would have been thrown in jail by now. <laughs> Insider trading. Right, exactly. I would have done something to get myself in trouble. But had I gone into a different line of work and I was still a very passionate Steelers fan and I made enough money to live comfortably and I didn't live in Pittsburgh then yes, I probably would get the package so I could just watch the Steelers all the time. Yeah. Now, am I going to spend 400 Because I probably would spend 400 bucks a year by going to a sports bar or a Steelers bar. I'd, I'd do the math in my head. I'd break it down. Yeah. Because I, I kind of did that when I was in Syracuse before I got to see every... Or, uh, frankly, even in Columbus. You know, I, I'd probably spend that much money going to see Steelers games at bars. So it'd be worth it for me out of market. But if I'm an in-market fan, I don't think it'd be worth it. Like, you know... I watch. I get the Steelers all the time, and then I either watch the Sunday night game or I don't. Right. I either watch the one o'clock games before the four o'clock game or I don't. Or what if I'm a season ticket holder? Or what if I'm going to get? That's a six-hour investment right there. I think you hit it on early too. It's almost like the fantasy football guy that is going crazy and needs to see everything and keep up on everything. That's kind of what drives that kind of package. The I degenerate think, gambler who's trying right, to make back right. his four hundred dollar investment exactly. on Directv, like Tom, like Tom, exactly. Right. Yeah, but the thing is, there's what, two? Tom, what's the most you've ever gambled on one game? It's been like in the hundreds. Ooh, in the hundreds. Oh I wow. mean, come on, I don't get paid a lot here. Because I've I heard what really your bets are. They're like roll. $10 a time. Like, you can you can be risky at $10 a time. You oh, can. yeah. Yeah, Tom's like the crackhead of betters, you know, where he's just spending a little bit of time to get a fix. A little bit of money here, a little bit of money here. It, it goes to the point until he's out on the street. You yeah, know? yeah. Just a little fix at a time. Exactly. You no, know, I always end up at even. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you say that now. Yeah, every gambler says yeah, that. Yeah, you say that now. <laughs> and you can say that year to year. I mean, I had a year where I was great, then I had a year where I was awful, and now I don't gamble anymore. <laughs> and I wound up at even, but that was a lesson learned. I had my ass kicked multiple times gambling, and I learned early on that I don't make bets because of how I feel when I lose the money. Like, go ahead and learn your lessons at $10 a pop. Don't learn them at $100 a right, pop. right. Here's a funny story. I used to work with a guy in Portland, talk show host who will rename or uh, remain named John Lund. Uh, no, it was not John <laughs> Lund, but John Lund is within the degrees of separation of this guy. 
Gambling uh, wise or in Portland, you mean? Uh, in Portland. Oh, okay. All Fifteen right. grand on one game. Well, what about what's his name? Carton. Oh yeah, right. He threw down for sure. You Is know, that he, part of the reason he got in trouble in the first place? What was that? Was, wasn't that where he got himself in economic hard times in the first yeah, place? Yeah, started going down. That's when he had to start getting shady to make it up. And that's right. the thing. Once you get shady, then you got to make the See, stuff up. See, that's what I was talking about before. I definitely would have run a pyramid scheme if I had gone into business. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. a bad one, a shady one. Yeah, just get the money, run. You know, and you've always it probably got, would have had to do with sports in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, like some offshore betting thing, maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. That's a good place to get into. Maybe, like, you know, it's another one. Uh, speaking of the gambling thing with the DirecTV, you could play it on together as one of those, like, motivator gamblers. Like, I got the lock of the week. You come on now. You trust me. I'm 80%. Oh, like Matthew McConaughey. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right, let's get some phone calls on this because I, I, I do want to. Do a little straw poll here. The 400 bucks that it could cost for DirecTV in the NFL package, is it worth it to you? And if the answer is no, is that an indictment of the NFL or just you as a satellite TV consumer? 412-922-2874. Let's go to John, who's calling from Wisconsin. Hey, how you doing? Good, John. <clears throat> yeah, so I've, I've been gone for nine years now from Pittsburgh, uh, and every year we've had... Uh, direct TV and we had the package and I think that after this year I think we're done especially now that I've just learned that they, they've raised the price um, you can sit here in Wisconsin and I get to see 10 Steeler games anyway without the package and that's one thing they don't tell you is that the competition in the in, in the NFL has gotten to such a point where basically they just play the Steelers it doesn't matter you know who they're playing or when they're playing. Well, yeah, because the Steelers move the needle, so they get their five primetime games a year. So there's that. That's a good point to bring up as well. So now, now let's do the math again in your head. Are you spending four hundred bucks a year at a sports bar by going? Out? But then again, you're going out. You're going. It's an event. You know, it becomes Added more value. right. Exactly. And you're not getting pinched with the check every month or something. So, all right, John. Like I said, I've never been a Direct TV customer. I've never been a satellite customer. So you're paying four hundred bucks on top of every other fee and the equipment and all that, right? Yeah. Exactly. So what do you pay per month without the NFL package? Well, what do you pay they, uh, per year with the NFL uh, with the NFL package? Oh, oh they botched my installation uh, after we, we just moved, and they botched the, botched the installation. So I end up getting uh, some hell of a deal where I end up paying like $90 a month for basically everything. Um, but you're still then, then paying get, roughly, even with that great deal, you're still paying almost $1,200 a year plus oh, the you're, yeah, with the NFL package, I think it was three hundred last year. So that's four monthly or four four monthly installments of seventy five bucks, or maybe it's five. It might be five. I can't remember how they bill it. I don't do the bills. My wife does them. Okay. Um, well, be careful with that. Wow. Talking about pyramid schemes and all, I'm sure she's running one with your money. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. All right. So there. That's that's kind of what I'm talking about. All right. So that answers one question. Another question. I don't know the answer to this. Is like because I'm an idiot when it comes to this stuff. I'm a dinosaur. I still got cable. And I'm I'm starting to move away with it because I have enough friends now that do like Apple TV and all that. Mm-hmm. So if you have Apple TV, you still have to be a subscriber to something else to see sports, right? Or how how does that work exactly, Tom? Yeah, you have to like subscribe to a certain cable outlet or a certain app to be able to access the sports. The Apple TV is just like the the conduit that you use to view it. Okay, so if I have Apple TV, you still or- have to pay for the app or the subscription to get the NFL game. Apple TV just makes it easier for me to get YouTube on TV and to get like Netflix on TV yeah, exactly. and to get Amazon on TV, that sort of thing, Amazon Prime or whatever, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm still going to have to pay then 400 bucks as well as whatever my streaming fees are for what's what's Apple TV run? 
Uh, it's just a one-time thing where you, I think you just buy it. It's like 60, 70 bucks. You just buy it one time? Yeah, and then you have it. You just plug it into your uh, TV. Similar to like a Roku. Kind yeah, of exactly. Oh, okay. So it's not all that different than like Slingbox almost. No, it's like the same thing. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, Todd calling from South Carolina. Go ahead, Todd. No, it's definitely not worth it. And if you go and look in Canada where they don't have an exclusive contract with DirecTV, it's half the price because all the providers can offer it. And for anyone that's looking at satellite that lives like Stiller fan and lives somewhere else, as long as you have a friend in Pittsburgh that has Dish, you can get Dish and have a box added to their account in your house, and you get the local Pittsburgh stations. Wait, so give me the scam again because I want to run it. Hmm. Give it to me again. You have a friend that lives like in Pittsburgh in that market. Yeah, that has Dish. Okay, you get Dish say in Texas. You have a box. You go buy an extra box and have them add it to their account, and then it's coded, and you receive their channels. And then after the season, you move, find a new friend, and never give your buddy the money. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, and that, ties a, that puts a pretty little bow on it right there. <laughs> then you really make out like a bandit. See, the moral of this whole segment is that you got to do something criminal to get ahead. Right. Right. This is how you cheat the salary cap. This is how you rob Peter to pay Paul. This is how you get over. That's yeah. That's what I want to make this whole segment about. How do I get over on the NFL and Directv? But again, like so. So what I'm hearing though is is that people are more like put off by satellite TV as a as an industry than they are at the NFL. Right? Isn't that kind of the tone that you got? It seems like it. I mean, see, here's the whole thing. Like the. Even you look at the uh, NFL package and how much that costs, but then you have to bring everything else that you will need to be entertained in 2018. You know, you've got your Netflix, you've got maybe your Amazon, you've got all these different entertainment venues that all add up to to more and more. So that that's not necessarily a $300 that you're spending. That's $300 on top of all this little other nickel and dime stuff that you're forking out for i will say this though the nfl likely and do you guys agree is still the sport that you're most inclined to watch a game that doesn't have your favorite team in it yes yes right yes more so than college yes all right so like am i right on that will you will you watch tennessee georgia college basketball forget that money on it i mean like okay all right i mean like just it if you got free time on a Saturday, like you budgeting to a good game, would you, did you budget two hours to see Villanova Xavier? Yeah, I did. did. You did? Yeah, I watched it. How about you? I dip in if it's looking yeah. good, and then I'll You're still out. young. Exactly. And, and you married your high school sweetheart or whatever you did. Are you well, married yet? yet? We'll pump the brakes on that one. Oh, okay. He won't ask her to marry him. Why? That's fake news. Fake news? Fake news. He won't. Is he waiting for KDO? Uh, I'm not sure. No, he, he may be. Here's that's a, fake news oh, too. I, I, you said that dismissively. <laughs> yeah. I think she's quite the catch. You're gonna get yourself in trouble. No, no, I'm not. See, this comes from a place here, Tim, and not to get too far off track, but on uh, Christmas, his yeah. girlfriend had the idea that he was going to propose I heard to this. her. Yeah, yeah. So, I heard this. so then he didn't, and then Valentine's came by. He didn't. So I, you know. Birthday also passed. And I he's didn't. franchising her again. Is what he's waiting doing. for a big week with the picks. So you're just going to up your game for a year, franchise her, and then <laughs> then open her up to the market after that, and see see what else comes in for the bid, right? Yeah, I'll try to see if I can shop her around for some value. Yeah. She <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. leave her Love out you, there. Emma. If somebody else claims her, you get two first round picks from yeah. Blush. Is that how it works? <laughs> exactly.
I know a few first-round picks from Blush. I can help you out there if you want. Simone Dan Lustre is coming into town next week. She's definitely worth the price of admission. I'll give you a scouting pass. You can go see. I got some free passes, Tom. I'll hook you up. I'm got to some go scouting to passes. To yeah, I got the combine coming up. <laughs> All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll take more calls on this. The uh, direct TV package going up to potentially $400 if you want the red zone and all the bells and whistles to it. Uh, so tell us, is it worth it? And if you're saying no, then is it because of the satellite setup or is it because of the NFL product itself? Is, is there any sport that's worth that much to you that you're going to pay that much for your entertainment dollar uh, on television? 412-922-2874. I want to give you that bite from Matt Williamson, too, about the whole running back by committee notion and how it does or doesn't work for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Might talk some college basketball as well. Uh, we are going to hear from Mike DeCourcy before the top of the hour. i uh, got to squeeze that in because Mike was excellent um, when, we, when I spoke with him earlier, and if you haven't heard his take on Lev Bell, it's 180 degrees opposite of mine. So if you're sick of me saying they should franchise him and maybe even give him a long-term deal, Mike is completely on the other side of the fence, so we'll debate it. We'll have that when we come up uh, before the top of the 6 o'clock hour. Tim Ben's in for Adam. All right, not a lot of time here before we get to Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News. We're going to talk some college basketball with him. I'm um, going to get into Penn State and their chances of making the tournament. Uh, we're going to talk about his interesting column on Lev Bell, which is 180 degrees the opposite of my take. So we'll have some good back and forth a bit there between me and Mike. I'm sure he's got some thoughts on Pitt and Bob Huggins going off about the fouls against Kansas. Man, I... I still can't believe just two fouls. I can't believe it. I've seen games in Kansas. It gets stupid in that regard quite a bit uh, when it comes to foul disparity. It's kind of like Duke in that context. But here, check this out. I, just, I noticed this. Actually, Tom, you got that soundbite queued up of uh, Matt Williamson. We were talking before about Lev Bell. And uh, with this being franchise tag day, open up the window for franchise tag players, uh, the notion that no one needs Lev Bell or a player of his ilk in the running back position because you can just do it by committee um and i think there's some truth to that you can but is it the preferred option there's some truth to that you can but how easy is it to do and i gave you the reasons why it is hard to do just look at the patriots it took them seven sorry three years to put that committee together uh legarrett blunt is a guy who didn't work out here in pittsburgh he just happened to work out in philadelphia and Corey Clement, you know, they got rookie productivity from him, and the Steelers didn't get it from James Conner, who a lot of people thought was a better back. So it's not that easy to do. And um, I, I talked to Williamson about that somewhat because I think he leans more into Corsi's view than mine as it relates to Lev Bell and the importance of bringing him back. I don't think Matt is a real strong fan of giving him a long-term deal, but maybe a franchise tag, that's what I would do. Here's what Williamson had to say about the Steelers and looking at the back-by-committee approach. It, because of what's out there, I don't think it's that hard to do, but I also think it would be a mistake if you include Connor in that committee. So, see, I want Connor to, no matter what happens to Bell, I want Connor to be the third running back on the depth chart next year, no matter what. Not that he didn't look good. I just don't trust that he can play, that he can play and he's always hurt. So, if you were to let Bell go and you open up a lot of cap space, you could sign... Carlos Hyde, 
Jarek McKinnon, uh, Crowell, you know, and I can name two or three others that are deserve carries in our NFL backs. And then this is a really, really deep running back class. So Sony Michelle at the end of first round, you know, I mean, or second or third round guys, you're going to get quality guys. So I think if you bump Connor, if you look at Connor as your three, guys like Toussaint are not here anymore, and you add two, or if you keep Bell, you use a third-round pick on a running back, I think that's the strategy. All right, so that's his take. By the way, Carlos Hyde, just to give the numbers on him, 240 carries, 940 yards. He averaged 3.9 yards uh, per carry. Uh, As far as receiving goes for Hyde, he caught 59 passes for 5.9 yards per reception. So some of these numbers when people kill Bell for the averages are similar to Bell's. And, yes, it was a bad team. I, I get that. But like, look at Doug Martin. Doug Martin just got let go by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this was a, at one point, star player, and uh, he's available out there. So I'm sure people say, well, give him a chance. He can be part of your committee. Well, 19 appearances over the last two years, four-game suspension for PEDs, has had injuries, uh, just 2.9 yards per carry in each of the last two seasons, Everybody makes it sound like there's just, you could just find a running back. You can just find a running back. You know, as Matt kind of alluded to there, there are good ones out there, but you're going to take a step back at the position. And the lock of going out and getting yourself a guy who you feel is top-notch in the draft and can just step in is more hit and miss than we're giving it credit for. 412 922 2874. You can also tweet me at Tim Benz PGH. Now, here's the quote from uh, Martin. Today is bittersweet. Martin wrote on Instagram I hate to leave my teammates where there's still work to be done, but I respect the organization's decision. I'm in the best shape of my life physically and mentally, and my best football is ahead of me. I look forward to the next stage of my career while wishing everyone in Tampa Bay the very best. It just it, it, it leads me to the never ending belief that I've got that we we spend too much time thinking down the road in sports when the window is so close to being closed, especially for the Steelers when it comes to Roethlisberger and his career. Like, why do you want to make next year a maybe? It is entirely possible. In fact, it is way easier than we are making it out to be for all the reasons I gave you in the open of the show and yesterday and what I wrote about in the trip it's a lot easier to give Lev Bell the franchise tag than we want to pretend that it's not because we want to be mad at him. Give him the franchise tag, have the best team possible out there to try to win a Super Bowl with Ben Roethlisberger. The Rooney's can afford $14.5 million in one season. They might not be happy about paying it, but they can afford it. And they're going to go up to the cap anyway. So it's still the same money coming out of their pocket, at least for one more year. The the idea, this 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 crazy notion that if you don't keep Lev Bell on at least the franchise tag, forget about the long term. You know, forget about him breaking down. Forget about him potentially in a couple years putting up numbers like this from Doug Martin. Forget about that part of it. This idea that if Lev Bell walks out the door, you're going to somehow rebuild the defense is ludicrous. You can get a good inside linebacker, or you won't, with or without Lev Bell in the draft. 
Lev Bell being here doesn't affect who you drafted inside linebacker. It doesn't affect who you draft at safety. It doesn't affect if you decide to get another tight end or not. None of that is affected by whether or not Lev Bell stays or goes. And if he does stay, as I've pointed out before, the free agent linebackers that are out there that would be the next Ryan Shazier are not going to be the next Ryan Shazier. Not only that in terms of talent, but also you're not going to have to pay that much to get them. And if he does walk, you don't want to overpay to get those guys. The safeties are all going to cost in the realm where you're not going to be thrilled about what you're paying for them regardless of Le'Veon Bell staying or going. So just sort of keep that in mind. And think about it for a one-year thing. If they Him getting $14.5 million for one season isn't going to be at the detriment of the rest of the team when they come up with the roster. It's just, what have you done for 2019 that comes into question there? And if you don't want him now, then you don't, you don't want him in 2019 anyway. So let him go. 412-922-2874. Uh, last thing before we go to Mike DeCourcy here, who's going to talk to us about college basketball as well as Lev Bell. Uh, we will get to Penn State, who had a real heartbreaking loss on the road against Purdue. And I was just looking at that. They they do have a shot again in the tournament. We'll go in-depth with Mike about Penn State and their tournament chances. Boys, there are a lot of pus at the bottom of the Big Ten or what? Wow. Like, their own conference might be dragging them down a bit based on some of their... Like, if you look at... Even Wisconsin's under five hundred this year. Illinois is 13 and 15. Iowa's 12 and 17. Minnesota's 14 and 15. 3 and 13. 3 and 12. These Illinois is 3 and 12 in the Big Ten. Iowa's 3 and 13. And I'm glad to see Penn State getting better, but I can see why. And when it comes to the RPI, some of their victories and losses that have come in conference... Their own conference is going to hurt them. Not, I think there's a lot of strength. Like those five, four teams on top of the Big Ten, pretty strong. Michigan State, Purdue, Ohio State, yeah, that's good. Mich- uh, I guess Michigan, Nebraska ain't bad. But some of the wins that Penn State has built up, don't be surprised when the RPI is lower than you think it is just looking at the number and what it is and what is normally a Power Five conference. Mike DeCourcy next in Sporting News. you for Adam today. Also in for Adam on uh, Wednesday and Thursday as well. Join me at The Hangar uh, tonight as well in Moon Township for some college hockey talk. Joining me right now from the Sporting News. Uh, You know him from all of his great college basketball coverage, which we will get into as well. But as promised, Mike DeCourcy, formerly of this parish here in Pittsburgh, joining me right now to talk about Lev Bell. Open up the show talking about that. Mike and I have some different views on that. It's always fun when Mike and I have different views on things, including this. So, Mike, let's dive right into it. Um, Why do you think the Steelers should avoid investing in Le'Veon Bell? I I think it's obvious from precedent, uh, precedent being the 2017 season, and you could take it back a couple years before that, there's no one else investing this much money in a single player at that particular position. There isn't anyone else investing that this much money in multiple players at that position. The Super Bowl was won by a team that, I, if I, I remember correctly, had invested about 40% 
of the money that would be paid to Lev under the, the current franchise tag, the one that he would have to sign for this year, about 40, I believe it was about 40% of that, of that figure between the three running backs who played for Philadelphia. Uh, I, I just don't see – excuse me, I, I, my, my apologies. That was the three running backs that played for Jacksonville and beat Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, I, that's, that's the figure that I was talking about. And, and, and I just don't see where it makes any logical sense to, to put that much of your salary cap, the, the limited amount of resources you're allowed to spend on player salaries, on a player who does not change games. And and you can say he's the best back in the league because of this stat or that stat, but when your when your longest reception is 27 yards and your longest rush is 26 yards, you are not changing games, and you cannot be worth 50 percent more than the next highest paid player at your position. Yeah, but you are changing games if you're preventing Ben Roethlisberger from taking too many risks going down the field, throwing too often in the passing game, and if you're controlling games with the clock and the ground and chewing up at times in big games during his life as a Steeler, sometimes in excess of 150 yards. Well, I understand that he's gotten big yards, but there are there are backs that in the right circumstance behind the right line, and I think uh, that most Steelers observers would say that this is a, a very capable offensive line. I think they had three pro bowlers this past season on the offensive line uh, that you don't necessarily need to have. If you, if you, if you don't have a game breaking back, a lot of guys can get you five yards at a time and you're not getting, I mean, that, that, that has not been his, his, his recent history, 27 yards the entire season for 321 carries and none longer than 27 yards, not a single one. Now, against some of the, the defenses you played against, not against Cleveland. Uh, it, that's, that's just not good enough to justify the amount of money that he, that he is demanding. I get part of that, Mike, but when it comes to the whole back-by-committee approach, and most people, instead of using the Jacksonville example that you did, would point to Philadelphia and New England. But, you know, that committee that they built in New England started when James White was drafted back in 2014, and Deion Lewis might leave this year. Um, they got production in Philadelphia from their rookie running back. Pittsburgh didn't. They got production from Le- uh, LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh didn't. didn't because they didn't play him. I mean, when he played before he got hurt, he did good things. He just didn't get in the game. Yeah, well, they couldn't trust him in pass protection. Didn't give you production, you didn't play him. Well, I think they should have played him a little bit more, especially in games where they had leads or just to spell Bell here and there, but they didn't trust him in pass protection. Well, that is a problem, and I will acknowledge, and I have acknowledged on many occasions, that in 30 years of watching professional football, I have never seen a back better at blitz pickup than Le'Veon Bell. I, he is phenomenal at it, and his ability to do that and still remain a receiver is extraordinary. However, I don't think that's worth 50% more money than any other running back is paid. It just, it, it just can't add up to that. that. The value on that just can't be... Uh, another five, another five to seven million dollars. Do you value though four hundred and six touches and what that means for an offense that at times had to overcome and probably will again a leaky defense? And I would also point out, like a defense that probably can't be aided in the positions that it needs to be aided, even if they decide to not keep Bell, because there's just not a lot of good free agents at either safety or especially inside linebacker. 
Well, you know, I, I don't see that the luxury of keeping him on the field, and, which which I, they, unless unless they have major strategic changes in mind, the luxury of keeping him on the field does not does not accelerate his value. I mean, if you are planning to start to use him in ways that he can be used as a as a legitimate receiver and not just a dump off player. I mean, if you look back, if you track back at his at his catches, again, averages 7.7 yards per reception, which means the majority of his receptions are simply dumped off to, after after he either chips off or if he just flares out into the backfield. That's the major that's the vast majority of his receptions. If you intend to redesign the way you use him in in ways that he's capable of doing them, I mean, if you look at the touchdown catch in the Jacksonville game, it was an incredible play by an incredible by a very gifted football player. But they don't use him like that. And they haven't for for as long as they've had him. I mean, they, they, they do that on, a, on the rarest of occasions. Again, to do that twice a year is not worth another $7 million. If you're going to change your offense, then maybe you can justify it. Mike DeCorsi with us from the Sporting News. is a piece up about Le'Veon Bell. Some different opinions than what I've been expressing here and downstairs in the X when I was in for Mark last week and in the Trib. Uh, so good back and forth here. And I would also uh, – here's where I would take the conversation – Next, Mike, is let's say the Steelers follow the advice or the thinking that the best move is just to free up the cap space and let him walk. What is he worth then to someone else? And how much would you expect him to get paid then if he were to hit the open market? Is is every other team stupid then to give him $12 million? Well, I think that there would be somebody out there who would be stupid enough to do that, but I think it would be a, a foolish move, absolutely. Uh, I, because, again, I, I, I don't – first of all, he is a, a very unusual runner, as we've been reminded by every play-by-play announcer who's done a Steelers game in the last five years. Uh, and secondarily, so secondarily they, those teams might struggle to unleash what value he does have, let alone $12 million worth of value. So I, 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 I have no idea what they will do, uh, how he'll be greeted on the open market. But again, whoever does go out there and, and sign him is going to have to be looking at, okay, LaShawn McCoy is $8 million, Devontae Freeman is eight five, and I'm going to give this guy 50% or more than that, than those two. I I don't know how you justify that as a football person. I really don't. And you know, I understand what you said about the, the there might not uh, be the the level of defensive prospect out there that you would prefer. Um, but I you know I just I I don't believe that a player who has been disruptive, who has been frequently injured, and who is. Uh, you know who who has you know a history of disciplinary action that could result in more severe disciplinary action in the future. I don't see how you take a and it's such an enormous part of your salary cap and invest it in that player. I'll be frank with you, Mike. The last part of what you said there, I tend to agree with, and that's why I would stay away from the long term deal and why I would be more inclined to franchise him because. Like, let's say for the sake of argument, he does franchise and has a season akin to what we've seen the last two. He hits the open market, and if he's pricing himself out into the stratosphere beyond what makes sense, then the Steelers, I don't think, should be opposed to swimming in the waters of the open market if they decide they do want to keep him. Because 
you know, if you believe some of the numbers that were floated out last year, it was after 2019 that they were getting squirrely about wanting to pay him. Uh, the, the impression you got based on some of the reports that came out about the money and how it would be divided made it look like to me they thought Le'Veon Bell was going to be a good running back in 17, 18, and 19, and then they were worried. So I think the Steelers then might be best served by seeing if anybody else has the opinion that they do of how high he should be held. And if they don't, well, then you can work out a contract to the free agent market. I think another thing to keep in mind, and I wrote this uh, when I first uh, suggested the Steelers should reconsider him, I think, two years ago. Uh, I went back and I and I looked and I, I I don't know how I miraculously stumbled on this chart, but there was a chart that showed the number of thousand yard seasons by NFL running backs according to age, and it is astounding. It is you know twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, a ton on those levels, and then twenty seven it drops off like a cliff. I mean it, it almost none. I mean, comparatively, none of the 1,000-yard seasons that we're talking about in the history of the NFL have been uh, accumulated by backs 27 and older. It's not unprecedented, but the percentage drops to almost nothing. So he's 26 now. Uh, and so you, you get him one more year at that age, and he's got a few miles on him. And so, again, another reason why I don't think it's worth investing long-term in them, I understand your point about the, salary, about the, uh, the franchise tag. And if the franchise tag was, and I, I still don't understand quite, and I've never investigated the math of why it's 14 when everybody else is making eight. Um, it's one, it's, 120, eight, it's, like, it's 120% beyond what, if you get franchised a second straight year, it's 120% of what you made the year before. Yeah, I understand that, but I still, like I said, it, it's supposed to be like the average, and I guess it includes signing bonus and this and that, and but whatever. It it it, it seems strange that the highest paid second running back is eight five, and you're at twelve, and then fourteen and a half. But regardless, if it was eight, then I'd say, yeah, go ahead. What the heck? I mean, you're again, you're. It's not as big a chunk of your salary cap, but. Uh, I, I don't, you know, it's funny because in listening to a conversation about this over the last uh, week or so, I've heard people saying, I think it was in your column too, was that people questioned Antonio Brown and, and whether you should sign him for what they paid. And I'm, I never questioned that. Uh, that guy changes games. He is, I don't care how many times he touches the football, he has changed so many games in, in recent Steelers history uh, that he is worth having on your team. And, but the, but the other guy, uh, he he has he sealed off victories and that sort of thing uh, on occasion. Yes, has he changed games? I think you look at Jacksonville um, and the and their unwillingness to eat, hand him off uh, the football on fourth and one a couple of times says a lot. The fact that the first one was preceded by a third and one handoff that went nowhere says a lot. I just I, I again I don't see. Why you would be so – I think sometimes people are like, oh, we have this, so we have to hang on to it. Well, when hanging – or we have to get value in exchange for if we're going to release it. Here's what you get if you let him go. You get whatever you would have paid him, presumably $14.5 million, to go spend elsewhere. The, in, a, in a salary cap sport, cap space is an asset. Well, I'd argue, though, that if you are bringing up – games that were changed by him, you know, even in contrast to Antonio Brown, as great as Antonio Brown was with the Immaculate Extension, 
Uh, that was the Raven defense and Bell at 122 that day. Uh, how about the three Kansas City games in recent memories? How about the playoffs against uh, the Miami Dolphins or, you know, uh, 147 earlier this season? I, I, I think they're giving ha- me you're giving me a cumulative stats. I'm talking about guys who, 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 who do things that aren't done by other players. And I will give you Miami game. He did some special things. But I'm talking about, in general, doing things that other players don't do or can't do. And going out and getting 145 yards, that's the, those are things that – I mean, Frank Gore did that this year once or twice. And he's like 122. I mean, so I'm talking about what Antonio Brown makes plays, and and you can go back over the course of this past season and you'll find 20 of them that no one else makes. And you go back over the course of this season, and other than if you want to say in pass protection, um, if you're talking about just advancing the ball somewhere downfield, Mm -hmm. there there are precious few plays that Bell made that couldn't be transacted by a good NFL running back. Well, I, I hear that, but I don't think Brown being awesome means that Bell shouldn't stay. Well, if you had, look, if you had an unlimited cap or whatever, uh, or if you had no problems, uh, if you didn't just give up forty-five points uh, and and however God knows, look, I mean, you just got run over, r- literally run over by the Chicago Bears and by and by the the the. the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I know those are two different ends of the coin, but neither of them had a superstar running back on their roster. Final moments here with Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News. Interesting take, opposite a lot of the things I've been talking about with Lev Bell. The other side of the fence, you should read it. I've tweeted it out, at Tim Benz PGH, so check out his work there. These are first-world problems, Mike, uh, not the kind of problems that the Pitt basketball team is going through. <laughs> Um, Before you go, uh, I need to throw a couple basketball things at you really quickly. Uh, First of all, Kevin Stallings, uh, do they try to soak out another year from him or do they make a move? Well, I think that that depends on what they think, what value they think they can get out of making a move. I mean, when you have the record that they've got this year and the, and the nature of the record that they've got. By that, I mean not just oh and whatever, but oh and whatever and not competitive. Then I think it, it, it certainly it's prudent to say, is this the right course for us? I don't think that's unfair at all to look at that, no matter how many years it is. When you're, when you're having a year that uh, dreadful, you have to say, okay, are we going the right track here? Uh, and then the answer has to, the, the, involves a lot of different elements, but you know, one of them is if we choose a different course, who guides us? Can we can we do this and do it right? And and I, I you know I think that I, I, I don't think that the the current state of the pit basketball program suggests that if you don't do it now, it gets worse. I mean, that's not going to be the case. I mean, it's it's as bad as it's going to get. Doing this twice in a row. Even it doesn't make it worse. It is what it is. Uh, but uh, I, I do think that it's something they certainly have to think about. And uh, you know, for me, the answer is: if you're going to make a move, you only do it if you know that you can improve on the situation. Because otherwise, you're just spending money to make yourself feel like you did something. Uh, and, I, and that includes anybody that would help fund a buyout, and that includes the university for for you know for making that decision. Uh, it, it, can you can you can you honestly say you're going to improve the situation? Uh, that, so that and that involves not just uh, what you have, 
but what's out there. And what's out there could change in a year. Or your situation could change for the better if, uh, if the current coach were to make it better or the current coach were to get some good players to come in, whatever the case may be. Uh, making a move to f- make yourself feel, feel better about making a move is not the right way to go. Okay, Mike, 30 seconds apiece here in these last few thoughts. Penn State, 9-7 and seven right now, 19-10 and 10 in the Big Ten. What's, what are their chances of getting in the tournament? Still have some challenging games left in the regular season, including a game against Michigan and one on the road at Nebraska. If they, got, if they were able to get both of those, those would be pretty good wins uh, and would help them really position themselves for, say, you know, for, for, for saying, look, you know, we've got, you know, we've got this, you know, they've got the sweep of Ohio State, now we've got Michigan, now we've got Nebraska, uh, you know, some quality wins that they can put together with an attractive record, an attractive league record. Uh, and then maybe if you were able to do something at the Big East tournament next week, or excuse me, the Big Ten mm-hmm. tournament next week, then perhaps that you were in position to make it. But it's, they still have work, a lot of work to do. Were Bob Huggins' complaints after the Kansas game justified, in your opinion? Uh, I, I, I will say I did not get to – I was working on Big Ten Network at that time, so I had an awareness of the game but wasn't able to watch it closely. Statistically, though, West Virginia fouls a ton. You, you can look it up. They're like 337th or something like in giving up uh, free throws to opponents. Uh, and, and then also Kansas, you know, gets fouled a lot. The, the second element of it is you're comparing the, the 35 fouls to year two. Well, you shot nearly half of your attempts from three-point range. So while I think you can be justified in criticizing one number or the other, perhaps the 35 more so than the two, I think that looking at the disparity is a mistake because two teams played in different styles on that day, uh, and so they're going to they're going to get different results from the officials as a result. And finally, Mike, as you know, I am a Syracuse grad. If they've taken away Louisville's 2013 national championship, and I can single-handedly prove that Michigan cheated as well, who gets the banner, Syracuse or Wichita <laughs> State? <laughs> Well, it, I, I don't think that you can prove. I mean, John Beeline's pretty clean, uh, so I, I, I don't think you can prove it. I think that Michigan – and the funny thing is, of all the things that probably should be rescinded about that circumstance, the block that Trey Burke did on the fast break against uh, – Michael Carter-Williams. Or was it Michael Carter-Williams? I thought it was uh, – no, I know this was in the championship game against Peyton Siva. Oh, oh okay, because um, he had one against uh, P- uh, Michael Carter-Williams in the semifinals, too. Yeah, he, he, he absolutely rejected Siva on, what, on a fast-break layup attempt that was kind of a game-changer, to use that term again, uh, but caught Kyle for a foul. That's a decision that should be vacated, and then Michigan might have won it uh, fair and square. <laughs> Mike, thanks. Uh, I should have pointed this out earlier, but you mentioned it, yes, on the Big Ten Network as well. When are you on again? I'll be on uh, this Saturday night on the big show, and then we'll have our final regular episode of Big Ten Basketball and beyond on Sunday night. But uh, still a couple more to go related to the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. Mike, thanks a bunch. It was great having you on. We'll read you the sporting news as well. Interesting take on Lev Bell. I suggest people read it. Thanks for adding some uh, conversation to the discourse here. It was a pleasure, Tim. All right, that is Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News as well as the Big Ten Network. Check him out at both locations. Plenty more to come today as I fill in for Adam, like I said, at the hangar for college hockey tonight. But between now and then, Lance Lysowski is going to join us too. Just back from Bradenton. Got to mix in some Pirates talk as well here on the Adam Crowley Show.